section thirty eight of italy france spain and portugal this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org the world story volume five italy france spain and portugal edited by eva march tappan section thirty eight the christmas of four ninety six by j c bateman clovis or clovis king of the franks married a christian princess named clotildis her one desire was that her husband should also become a christian and at length on going forth to meet the invading alemanni he promised her that he would call upon her god the following selection tells the rest of the story the editor the eyes of clovis blazed with wrath he stood his head proudly erect his forehead resembled a rock of adamant against which all the wild hordes of the hercynian forests might dash themselves in vain clotildis had never seen him look more royal he felt himself the father of his young kingdom of the companions he was gradually moulding into the people of that kingdom the sole protector of all that was beginning to take form under the patient exercise of his great sagacity he was not only determined to hurl back the wave of benighted barbarism bringing ruin and desolation in its train but he felt equal to it and his swelling nostrils like those of a war-horse scented the war and victory from afar my gracious lord and great king said the queen rising her baby prince still cradled in her soft white arms you are going to conquest but in order to be victorious invoke the god of the christians he is the sole lord of the universe and is styled the lord of armies if you address yourself to him with confidence nothing can resist you though your enemies were a hundred against one you would triumph over them clovis gazed into her face upturned to his beaming with fervour pious enthusiasm and heavenly faith passing his strong arm around her he drew her gently towards him and tenderly kissed her i will not forget sweet wife thou art indeed my guardian angel under the sign of the cross will i conquer like the great constantine of old i shall return to thee in triumph to be baptized to make all thy sons kings and thy daughters the wives of kings take care of my little one he is so small i fear to hurt him there lift him thyself to my lips though i fear my lip fringe may scratch his soft face he continued smiling clotildis lifted the infant her heart filled with rapturous thanksgiving pouring itself out in mental prayer whilst the stern warrior stooping down kissed the baby cheek with the softness of a woman's touch my dearest wife he said rising again to his height thou wilt depart for reims this day only a few guards can i leave in any city or town under my protection therefore thou wilt retire again to the convent where thou wilt pray to thy god for me for success to my arms is the sole protection to thee my dearest nay do not weep remember thou art the wife of a warrior going forth against his enemies and thine of a king going to do battle for his people there that is as it should be smile on me beloved 
fare thee well sweet one for thou wilt not see me again till i return to thee a conqueror and a catholic again the streets of soissons rang with the din of warlike preparation chief after chief rode in with his companions or retainers the grafs came in with three-fourths of their respective guards the antrustian chararic led the king's own bodyguard whilst ethelbert and athanaric rode at the head of a large body recruited from the southern frontiers the place of meeting was in the field of mars and there clovis received and welcomed his friends and allies as they came up to the feast of battle there were the usual names ragnacare of cambray regnomer of mons carnaric of despargum and his son clodomir chilperic the merovingian with a goodly number of armed followers it was a splendid army well appointed well equipped which filed along the road to Leon on their way to join king siegbert at cologne at the head of the army rode clovis triumph already in his eyes and by his side aurelian ever ready to support him with his arm or his counsel arrived at cologne the king was met by his cousin siegbert from him he learned the number and situation of the enemy a goodly mustering he answered let us go forth to meet them thou sayest the plain of tolbiac is a fair battlefield so be it siegbert take thou the command of the infantry they are chiefly thine own men they will obey thee more implicitly myself will lead my valiant horsemen eight leagues from hence is it right glad am i it is so little distant when the men and horses are refreshed we will proceed at once four and twenty miles from cologne clovis and his allies arrived in the close neighbourhood of the plains of tolbiac and here they found their ancient foes already drawn up proudly passed on the franks defiling on to the plain before the king who smiled on them as they passed with words of commendation encouragement and assurances of victory and now face to face stood two of the fiercest nations of germany mutually animated by the memory of past exploits and prospect of future greatness the alemanni covered two good-thirds of the field of battle with their innumerable hosts while clovis and siegbert drew up their troops well disciplined well armed and trained in many a glorious battlefield but certainly outnumbered by their adversaries clovis rode along the front of his army encouraging his men fight for victory he said and it will alight on our banner fight comrades for your wives and little ones think on the walls of soissons think on our fair and smiling plains shall they be the prey of the rude alemanni no we will utterly destroy these howling wolves who would ravage our fair country assuage their hunger with our harvests and cattle comrades the only passage to soissons is over our dead bodies but the gods of our country fight on our side they lead us on to victory the shock of the two contending armies was terrible the noise of it was like to the roar of thunder they fought hand to hand and foot to foot clovis had dashed upon the alemanni 
with the flower of his cavalry and had routed and put to flight the right wing of his enemy but their left wing pressed hard upon siegbert at the head of his ripuarians and the rest of the frank infantry and gaining ground steadily drove them back in vain clovis charged at their close ranks in vain aurelian supported by Geraric, at the head of his chosen bodyguard brought up fresh supplies of cavalry still the alemanni pressed onward onward and all that the valour of the franks of soissons could achieve was to force themselves into their midst by dint of fierce fighting clovis fought like a lion covered with dust and blood but still the enemy poured on their number seeming never to diminish at one moment of the battle ethelbert fighting near to the king saw siegbert of cologne borne off the field desperately wounded even so said clovis to whom he spurred with the news seek athanaric thou and he force a passage to the ripuarians and charge the enemy back before them this charge was in vain clovis wielding his fatal francisque with a power that cleared a path before him now saw with dismay that his own cavalry at whose head rode chararic began to waver and give way before the alemanni all seemed lost ragnacaire of cambray was down regnumer of mons was severely wounded the antrustian fell bravely fighting to the last and many of the best warriors from the frontiers of gaul were in bad or similar plight then clovis suddenly remembered the words which clotildis had spoken to him smitten to the heart he acknowledged that in the absorbing nature of his duties as leader and organizer in such a battle he had not only forgotten his promise to her but in the fervour of his address to his warriors had even promised them victory in the name of their own gods lifting up his eyes to heaven in this his dire extremity he said the tears of earnest prayer filling his eyes o christ whom clotildis invokes as son of the living god i implore thy succour i have called upon my gods and find they have no power i therefore invoke thee i believe in thee deliver me from mine enemies and i will be baptized in thy name at this moment aurelian rode up with a fresh troop of horse which he had succeeded in gathering together persuading them to follow him clovis put himself at their head and swooped afresh upon the enemy at the precise spot where the last king of the alemanni was fighting at the head of his people loudly shouting his war-cry as much to animate his men as to cause panic to his enemy clovis rushed upon him and after a short but severe struggle felled him to the ground the alemanni dismayed with this disaster and the pertinacity of a foe who did not know when he was beaten but returned again and again to the struggle gave way many fled in different directions whilst others closely pressed by the cavalry led by ethelbert and his foster brother threw down their arms and begged for quarter a general slaughter took place in other parts of the field and a hot pursuit of the fugitives clovis having sworn to rout them so entirely they should never rally again the news of this great victory was sent to the queen by the triumphant clovis as well as the manner in which it had been obtained she sent to tell remigius the important tidings asking him to celebrate a mass of thanksgiving at which she would be present 
at the interview which she held with the holy prelate after these first-fruits of gratitude had been offered she told him of her wish to be the first to go and meet the returning king as she should like to be the first to congratulate him on his double victory it is well said my daughter i myself will accompany thee on such an occasion of joy to the whole church of christ we will go out to meet him with religious pomp and sacred hymns of triumph it is meet that a conqueror so favoured by the most high should be honoured by the spouse of christ whose obedient son he will soon become it was in champagne that the meeting of the loving wife and the victorious warrior king took place clovis riding up to her chariot in the long procession of priests and people coming to meet him said to her clovis has vanquished the alemanni and thou hast vanquished clovis the business thou hast so much at heart is done my baptism can no longer be delayed thanks be to god devoutly answered the queen to the lord of hosts are both these triumphs due on his arrival at soissons the first care of clovis was to assemble all the chiefs and warriors in a malum where he laid before them the step which he was about to take and his motives for it it was he said when the battle was well-nigh lost when my bravest warriors and brethren in arms were falling before the enemy that i made the vow to worship henceforth only the lord god of the catholic church judge my valiant comrades whether such a vow at such a moment followed by such fortunate results to us all ought not to be paid most rigorously and without loss of time loud acclamations greeted this speech and the shouts for the lord christ were heard by the queen in her oratory whither she had repaired to supplicate god for her lord and king in this important meeting when the shouts died away they cried out with unanimous voice my lord king to thy valour and thy piety we owe the victory we abandon our mortal gods and are ready to follow thy example and worship the immortal god whom remigius teaches this was indeed an answer to the prayers of the pious queen and great were now the preparations for the important ceremony which it was thought best should take place on christmas day rather than defer it till easter remigius and vedast of tulle instructed and prepared the catechumens whilst many bishops repaired to rheims in order to be present at this fulfilment of their most fervent prayers the efforts of their spiritual teachers were unremitting to prepare the hearts of these fierce warriors and soften them with sentiments of christian meekness and humility a great blessing attended their pious work the king set them all an example of compunction and devotion induced thereto by the gentle influence of his religious queen laying aside his regal state and prostrating himself clothed in sackcloth imploring day and night the divine mercy such conduct on the part of a chief for whom his warriors felt such enthusiastic devotion had a great effect on them calming their spirits and giving greater weight to the words of the holy ecclesiastics the long-expected day at length drew near the weather was so clear and bright it seemed as if even the elements had agreed to second the efforts of the queen to give a great external pomp to the sacred rite which should strike the senses of a barbarous people and implant in awe and respect in their minds befitting the administration of a sacrament so important in its results to the future destinies of the great kingdom fast rising under the auspices of clovis it was a double festival to celebrate the glorious nativity of christ the burst of the son of justice spreading light and life in the midst of darkness and death and the birth 
to this light and life of those hitherto lost in the darkness of heathendom all rheims was alive with joyful anticipation never since the first christmas day four hundred and ninety-six years before had the great festival of the nativity been more anxiously expected the streets leading from the palace where the king had taken up his abode for the last few weeks to the door of the cathedral were hung with rich tapestry and carpets of various colours the forests had been rifled to supply scarlet berries to twine with lustrous evergreens hung everywhere in festoons and wreaths or woven into myriads of sacred devices by the gauls to whose tastes were always allotted the decorations on these occasions these decorations were in themselves a splendid sight in the bright morning sunshine of this long desired day it was cold but dry snow had fallen in the night and its myriad crystals sparkled in the sun its virgin purity contrasting with the bright colours of the tapestries and the glossy green of the wreaths and garlands the streets through which the procession was to pass were kept clear of foot passengers but scaffolds and platforms here and there erected were crowded with spectators as well as the tops of the houses where the most daring had contrived to post themselves it is a most beautiful sight said the lady marcia all wrapped in furs to a friend sitting beside her on a balcony overlooking the whole length of a street opening on the cathedral but have you been in the cathedral it is lovely it is gorgeous i was admitted as an especial favour early this morning all the pillars and arches are twined with holly and ivy and the high altar is one mass of gold and jewels as for the baptistery it passes all description it is carpeted with lovely green moss kept down by branches of ivy fastened across ivy runs up all the pillars as if it grew there and here the perfumed wax tapers are put winding in the other direction it will be like a wreath of fire when they are lit before the procession enters they say that the water in the font comes all the way from the jordan from the very spot where our lord christ was baptized it was sent by the princess lantildis for the king's baptism and arrived here last night who are those going down the street asked the lady julia sitting not far from her sister those said another lady are the people who are to let the birds loose such a quantity of pigeons all white and some white doves there would have been more doves but the people who were bringing them from the south could not get through the snow i am glad we have not so much snow as it appears they have at lyons and vienne hark i hear the music of the procession said the lady marcia yes here they come what a fine view we have right down the street i do so like a grand sight like this and grand it certainly was in every sense three thousand catechumens marched in procession all dressed in white carrying crosses in their hands and singing litanies a body of clergy walked at their head with cross and banner displayed sacred music swelling as they advanced in the sharp morning air then came the king led by the right hand by the venerable archbishop clad in his robes and carrying his crozier a true shepherd leading his flock into the fold of his master and lord the queen followed leading the young prince theodoric and then the rest of the catechumens two and two whilst on each side of them walked a long line of priests in white surplices and scarlet cassocks 
as they were about to enter the door of the cathedral the archbishop turned to the king and laid the end of his richly embroidered stole symbol of the yoke of christ on his arm that strong right arm so often uplifted to fight the battles of the church now adopting him as her true son whilst he addressed to him words of holy exhortation to enter the temple of the lord followed by clovis and the rest he preceded them to the holy font amidst the soft strains of sacred music and entered the baptistry now as well as the interior of the cathedral a blaze of light and redolent of the richest perfumes the ceremonies of the church proceeded in the midst of a solemn silence pervading the vast assemblage and the rapt attention of the frank warriors subdued into reverent awe this feeling increased in intensity as the archbishop about to pour the consecrated water on the head of clovis addressed to him these ever memorable words lower thy head meek sicambrian burn what thou hast adored and adore what thou hast burned whilst clovis was bending his head over the sacred font the archbishop poured over it the regenerating water which cleansed his soul from sin at this moment a beautiful white dove escaped perhaps before the time from its keepers flew through the open window of the baptistery and swooping down upon the altar to which the archbishop turned for the vial containing the holy chrism rose again and soaring on high through the chancel disappeared from view scarcely interrupted by this slight incident remigius took the consecrated oil and anointed the king singeing him on the forehead as he knelt before him thus enlisting him into the ranks of the army of the lord of hosts after the sacred rites had been administered to all the catechumens they returned up the church in long procession the triumphant chants of the clergy answered by the loud shouts of the multitude without waving branches and flags whilst martial music swelled high and those who held the birds in cages set them free saying soar towards heaven souls of the redeemed of the lord captives of sin no longer washed in the pure water of baptism ransomed by his precious blood the sacrifice of the mass was then offered wreaths of incense ascended in clouds whilst the pealing strains of the gloria in excelsis rose to the lofty arches and the threefold sanctus of the heavenly choir was re-echoed upon earth end of section thirty eight this recording is in the public domain